Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Amen. Um, We're in the fifth week of tracking through, um, honestly, the book of Galatians. Um, And we've, in a series we've called Free Reign and looking at the tension between the idea of freedom and letting someone reign, letting God reign. Because as Americans, we tend to have this idea that freedom means I'm in control. Freedom means I'm the boss. Freedom means I get to call the shots. Um, But from a biblical perspective, um, we see the truth that you and I aren't always that good at calling the shots. We're not always that good at being our own boss. And real freedom is found in letting God, who's really good at that role, since that's him, um, call the shots, do that. And when we give God more and more space in our lives, when we let him reign in more areas of our life, our area of freedom actually grows. It doesn't diminish. It actually grows. And so that's what we have been looking at this entire Series. So if you've got your Bible app, you've got your bulletin, however you're going to track with us, we've been leading with this idea that in Christ, we are free. We are free to live under the reign of Christ. And we have to choose to embrace his reign. He is not a dictator. He doesn't roll in all of a sudden with some sort of like spiritual armaments and just take control of your life. Um, he comes in and he functions as we give him uh, freedom and space to function. And so we have to learn to do that. We have to learn to be able to grow in that freedom. We've been looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 um, at the beginning of every week, where Paul uh, writes to the believers in Corinth and says, Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, the spirit of lordship, him being the boss, when, when that spirit's there, there's freedom. And we all, that's all, all of us, everybody who's a believer is invited in on this, who with unveiled faces, that means we're not, we're not kind of closing ourselves off on this, um, nothing, holding nothing back, uh, are contemplating the Lord's glory. We're thinking about his goodness. We put our minds on him, not how messed up we are and everything that needs to change in our lives, We just think about how good and amazing he is. Then we begin to be transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. It's not that God loves us and we can just stay the same forever. No, because we're causing ourselves pain and we're causing others pain in our old cycles and habits and problems. And God wants to grow us out of that so that we can live as as blessings that we were designed by God to be. But we got to let him reign to do it. So that's where the transformation comes from is by letting him have that space. And it says, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Paul brings it right back around, this beautiful full circle thing that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we think about him, man, that is where change in our lives, real change comes from and the truth is is that as soon as we say yes to Jesus as soon as we embrace who Jesus is and what he's done we've stepped over from death to life and the Bible says we've been given everything we need for life and godliness we've been given a full 
open space to grow and to mature in Christ. It's not like he like measures it out, gives us a little by little as we move forward. No, it's ours as soon as we say yes to Christ. The problem is, is we're not always aware of it. We walk in a real place of ignorance a lot of times and not knowing what's been freely provided to us, what's been freely given to us. And we can try to have this experience with God but if we do it in our ignorance, sometimes we bring unnecessary pain into our own lives just because we're not aware of what has been provided. Yesterday, um, I got the opportunity to enjoy my Christmas gift from my in-laws from last Christmas um, to go to Texas Motor Speedway and uh, do the IndyCar experience. And so um, I like to go fast and it's a good legal way to go fast and I got to experience that. It was awesome. And so they, you know, give you the helmet and the Hans device. So, you know, if we hit the wall, I don't break my neck and, you know, and do all sorts of cool stuff. And then in this Indy car, there's, there's a hole. It looks like it's about that big. It's a little bigger than that, but, um, you know, and it's this cockpit. And when you sign up, you have to tell them how tall you are and how much you weigh. Because if you're too tall and too on the heavy side, um, you can't fit in the hole. You can't get in there. And so they're like, okay, you, you, know, you, you make it. You're allowed to come. And so go and get all the gear on, get down into the, uh, down into the car. And then the, the driver, because mine was a ride along, I get to, they didn't let me drive. And so I got, to, <laughs> I got to ride along, which was amazing. It was super cool. And um, so, but the, uh, you know, there's a space for my, for my legs you know, to fit in there, for me to get in there and put my legs there. And the, the driver is like super cozy with me right, right between my, my, my legs right there. And so then we just get out there and go 150 miles an hour and have a lot of fun. And um, so we come back in, one of two of my, my best buds went with me and one of those being Elder Mike Burrito Hernandez. Um, he was there and he gets in the car he does the ride, Bronson does the ride, we get out, we're talking about it, man, that was a lot of fun having all our experience, and, and then um, uh, Mike uh, mentions that uh, he'd had knee surgery, and his, his knee was just really, really stretching his knee, and uh, it was uncomfortable for him, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, you have to get in there, you sit flat, it's not like a raised seat, you know, like in your car, so you just sit flat on the bottom of this. Um, well, I, from my perspective, um, you know, mine was a little tight too. I am not a flexible person at all, and, and here, don't, don't laugh at me. You can't do any better, girl, and so... But that, that's it. That's all I got. And so the, the, it's, it's, that's it. That's all I got. And so being down, sitting flat with my legs out, it was a little tight on my hamstrings. And so, and so that was my experience. So Mike begins to you know, talk about his, you know, that it, it, was, it was stretching him. I immediately thought, okay, yeah, you know, stretch me too. I get it. And so, um, you know, and then he's, you know, sitting there through his experience, he's going, how did he even fit? How did he even, how did this even work? So we're saying the same thing, but not saying the same thing. And uh, so as we visit a little more, he finally voices, he's like, man, it was just, it was just really hard on my knee. I'm like, I know you've whined about it already. 
And so, and, 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 and so, and then he's like, and so he's telling me, he's like, yeah, my, my knee was all bent up like that. And it was just really hard. I'm like, why was your knee bent up? And so come to find out, he didn't know that there was space for your legs. So he's in there like, all like squished in, like somebody shoved him in a trash can or something. And he's done that. I'm like, how did they even buckle you in? Like, did they not go, um, sir, we got to move your knee out of the way? I don't, I don't know if they thought, all right, dude. All right, do it your own way. And so I, I don't know. Somebody should have said something. Well, he's squished. It's been provided for. There's plenty of room. He could have enjoyed it, but he's in there like this going, it's amazing. And sitting there, and he was like, if it had gone like two more laps, he'd have probably like passed out from the pain. And, and he's like, I was, he was glad it was over. And sometimes you and I can have that thing where, you know, we share this experience. And if you're not aware of how much freedom there is in our relationship with God, that he connects with us as his children, not as his subjects. And you're fresh to this and you feel like you've got to do all of this other stuff to be in right relationship with God and, and shoehorn this restrictive life, this painful life into there. And, and everybody's like, man, isn't, isn't life with God great? And you're like, yes, it's amazing. Let me out of this church. And so it's like, I don't, know, I don't know why everybody thinks this is so great. God's not that great. And it's like, this is hard. This is painful. And so because our, simply our ignorance, the Bible says God's people perish because of lack of knowledge. We've been freely given everything we need in Christ. And so many times our uncomfortable places in our walk with God are made out of our ignorance. And not because it's supposed to be that difficult. And sometimes in our ignorance, we just think, well, this is just the way it's supposed to be. It made no sense to, to Mike how I like squished in there like that. He's like, how is your head not like sticking up like way above the car? I don't, I don't get this. And his perspective was informing how he saw me and my experience was informing how I saw him. And, and we weren't allowing be able to, the truth to actually fully be at work there. And we need to step into our relationship with God to let the truth be able to be what really guides us and, and allow God's fullness to define our relationship with God. See, that was why Paul wrote the letter of Galatians. Paul helped plant these churches in this area. It was like writing to a, a region or a state. And, and it would have been, the, if he was writing to here and planted churches in this area, it's, it's to the to the Concho Valley area and talked to a bunch of churches. And this letter was passed around churches. And and he was trying to make sure the freedom he taught them was the freedom that they lived in. Because here's what happened is Paul planted these churches and he taught them the gospel and he taught them who Christ was and, and they were living in it. And there were some people, according to the letter, um, who had a problem with their freedom. And they understood the gospel. They understood Jesus, but they tried to mix it with the law. And as they came in, the, the, the scriptures called them Judaizers. And they brought in and said, you know what? This is all fine and good, 
um, you know, that you're a part of this Jesus thing, this Messiah thing too. We really thought you Gentiles weren't allowed in, but I guess you are. And so, but if you're going to, well, then you, here's, here's all of the Jewish rules that you have to follow. And here were these people who had no idea about anything. They weren't Jews. They didn't know. And they, somebody else comes along and says, hey, you need to add this. And they added it. And it was not bringing life. And then Paul gets wind of it, and he writes a letter to say, hey, we need to stop that. And in chapter 1, we looked at it, um, and he just deals with this head on, that here's this problem of, the, of trying to mix the law with this relationship with God. We, you're trying to earn something you already have. Live in what you've already been given. You have a relationship with God. You're his kid, which he gets to in this chapter we're about to, to do, and and he really hits that law thing. And then says, then there's this pressure. There's these opinions that come in and, and begin to shape things. And when you see, he really gets into that and getting free, not just from the law, but from this weight of everybody's opinions determining how you're supposed to grow as a child of God. And chapter 2 gets with that. And then chapter 3, he is just reteaching the gospel. He is reteaching grace. He is laying out how clearly and distinctly we are saved by grace and grace alone. And he just lays this out. And then chapter 4, by the time we get to chapter 4, he's made his case. And now he's given us the, the hinge pin. He's given us the, the, the lock on this to make sure they stay in that mindset. And that mindset is a word called sonship. It's sonship. Well, I get it. You're like, what about us daughters? You're included in that, okay? The, the scriptures, it's all included. Hey, hey, if us guys have to get okay with being the bride of Christ, y'all can be okay with sonship for a little bit, all right? Come on. In Christ, it's neither male or female, but we have the language we've got. And so, but it's all of us. It's the children, it's the children of God. And so, uh, and in fact, um, there was this tension, and he gets in it in chapter 4 of having a slave mindset of going back and being a slave of the law or living as a son of the kingdom, a, a child of the kingdom. And so he goes through in all of chapter 4, he's going back and forth between a slave mindset and a son mindset. And in fact, we're all, we're all sons. That, he mentioned that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, that you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And then as we get into Galatians chapter 4, it says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, like, just like us, with the, with the weight of the law, of all of the, the restrictions and the demands and all of that, born of a woman. He didn't just show up on the planet. He wasn't just beamed down from heaven um, he's gone through family life. He's gone through all of those different things to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father, who calls out Daddy God. That Abba is Aramaic for Daddy, is that simple monosyllabic word like dada or mama it, it was in that region it was those the, the first word that was coached out of a little child's mouth of abba and paul is reminding that region who was familiar with that 
that word. Call him Abba. Not just Father, but call him Daddy. That is what the Holy Spirit is reminding you to call him. That's why we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us because we needed a mindset change. And if we don't let the Holy Spirit pull us back into sonship, to pull us back into interacting as a child of God, we will slide back over into this space of interacting as a slave. Well, feel like we have to earn everything and, and just toil away for God and be thankful for whatever thing gets thrown our direction. And that's not how he wants us to see him because the truth is, is the, the delineation is we see that the slave, slave has a master, but the son has a father. See, there's this place where a slave has has a master and has this idea that if I don't comply, if I don't do what this master said, I'm, I'm going to get the back end of this master's hand. I'm going to get the punishment. I'm going to get the attack from the master. But the, a father, a father will correct. A good, loving father will correct. Correction is part of growing as a child of God. But a father corrects because he wants what's best for his son, his child. That's why the father's correction, not because he's angry at the performance, but is seeding into the future of his, of his child. See, Romans 8, chapter 15 says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him again, we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. If you're feeling yourself interact with God based on fear, you have slid out of your role as a child. You slid out. That could be a little warning signal. If you're showing up at church because you're afraid God is going to be mad at you that, that you, that you're skipping out or, or you're like, God, I'm a good little servant. I've showed up to church this week. I'm, I'm being nice to my, to my neighbor. I'm doing these things. I'm reading some scriptures. I've, I've changed the radio station in my car and I'm listening to something that, 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 that gives you glory instead of something else. And, and, and God, I'm doing all of this to make you happy. That's a totally wrong mindset. You could be doing all those things because your father's asked you to do them. You could be doing all those things because your, your loving father is carrying you forward into a deeper, stronger relationship with him. But what, the reason, the question is, is, is why? Because see, the slave responds like an employee, whereas the son responds like an heir. There's a place where we can quickly get into a thing of a, as an employee of doing just enough. I want to do just enough. We have that, that slave fear mentality. We end up saying, what is the minimum God requires of me? What is the minimum I need to do to kind of keep God off my back this week? Whereas an heir mentality is totally different. 
and having an ownership, understanding we're part of the kingdom changes the way we interact with the kingdom. Um, just recently, um, my, our little Colin turned 10 years old on Friday. And so we went out on Thursday to uh, celebrate. Um, just a, a handful of us went out to celebrate her birthday. Um, they, their kids take after their mama and they turn it into birth month and they enjoy the, the whole thing. And so, and, uh, so this particular celebration, um, we went out to a restaurant of Colin's Choice and it was just me and Cutie and Colin and Pressy. And we're there at this restaurant and we're having solid service. They're taking care of us. But there was this one lady that kept coming by who was not, um, was not our waitress and would keep coming by and check on us and make sure everything was good. And she did that throughout the evening and checked on us probably four times and, and was just super pleasant, super easy to engage with, made sure we had everything we needed. And at the end of the evening, Pressy says, is that lady the owner? And I was like, ah, no, this, this particular restaurant, they don't have a local owner, it's part of a corporation. There's possibly is the manager. And she's like, what's the manager? Dad, are you the manager of the church? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I guess you call me the general manager. I mean, I'm, that, could, that could be another title. Um, and, uh, and so, but she just noticed that yes, there were employees, there were employees all over the space doing what was required of them to get their tips and not get cut early or fired at the end of the night. But there was somebody else in that space who had a different mindset, that had some sort of skin in the game, that had some sort of reason to go above and beyond to begin to treat us as we were their client, as we were their person who was coming to take care of their and, and bless their restaurant with our business. And it just changed. And, and a seven-year-old could see the difference. And that's why God doesn't want us to have this slave-servant mentality. I, I don't hear a part of the church to, to be a servant of God. I am serving alongside with God. I'm a co-heir with Christ, as we're about to see. I don't have to step into this space and from this place and, 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 and serve and say, oh, Master, Lord, what, are you, what do you have for me today? No, I can say, hey, Daddy, what, what's happening in the kingdom and how do I get to be a part? That is a totally different mindset. In fact, it begins to inform and change everything about how we do life. It begins to shift it just in church life. You know, if you call this church home, we use that language on purpose. You want to make this church your church home. Where's home? Home is where family is. Home is where the kids gather. Home is where we connect like that. And there's just like at the house, then the little girls don't say, um, you know, have a guest over and say, hey, would you like to sit on my parents' couch? <laughs> they don't do that. And so they say, hey, come sit on my couch. They just intuitively understand it's theirs as well. And then we have to remind them, hey, you know what? That piece of paper on the floor is yours too. <laughs> you can be a part of that. Pick that piece of paper up. That there's, there's responsibility, there's ownership on all sides of 
this of this space and and that's what we want and when all of a sudden understanding that's our home so guess what just even locally here guess what if this is you call this church home then that's not these aren't celebration churches chairs if this is your church home it's your chairs you know this table up here that i'm using i'm using your table okay I'm not using the church's table i'm using i'm using your table and i sit there as we come out and that, that, that's your parking lot and it changes the way things happen and so and so consequently then when we walk through the parking lot you know what um you know as i try to intend as i get here i don't go reach down and pick up trash and go man who who threw trash on the property of the lord you know i just say oh man I get, this is this is my trash and pick up some trash as I walk in every day and throw it in the throw it in the garbage. And so as we do it, it changes it. So hopefully, you know, this is your church home and you walk through the parking lot, you don't go, man, somebody needs to do something about that. <laughs> it's your trash. It changes the way we see things and how we interact as a body. You find out somebody is in a hard place, somebody's hurting, somebody needs something, somebody's going without something. And all of a sudden, when you understand that you're a part, you don't go, man, somebody in the church office ought to do something about that. One of those paid people ought to fix that. Well, maybe you say, hey, hey, church office, one of ours is having a hard time. Did y'all, were y'all aware of this? I want to make sure we're all on the same page. What can we do to be able to do that and begin to engage? It, the role may fall on us at the church office. It may. It might be yours. The Holy Spirit may have revealed it to you so that you can do something about it. But when you have the idea of being an heir, being a part of the family, it shifts the perspective. God doesn't want customers. He wants kids. That's what he wants. That's how we, it changes everything. Romans eight seventeen says, Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And that is some strong language. Co-heirs with Christ. So what is Jesus's is ours. That'll blow your mind. You spend any kind of time thinking about it. The way God, we think God wants to interact with Jesus co-heirs he wants to interact with us if indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory that's because family's there for the tough times and the good times we're there in the struggles and we're there in the in the winds we're a, a part of it we don't just show up when something cool's happening and then when there's some time to, to get into the weeds with one another go you know i'm busy um, but next time there's some free food, let me know. <laughs> now we're, show up for the free food. Be a part of it. But the family's a part when there's the tough times too. When there's some stuff to get done. When there's some people to be cared for. When there's some love to be shown. We're part of and we're connected with this together that we share in the sufferings and share in the glory. Um, love Philippians uh, chapter 2 in the New Living Translation. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Not work hard to get saved. Salvation has been given to you. It's been imputed to you. It's been, it's been just granted to you. It's yours. You're fully made right with God. Now work 
to show what's happened there. That's where it comes out. We're working, we're working to live in it, not to obtain it. Okay? That is the whole thing. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, that is why it has to go in the order it goes in in the gospel. God loves you. God gives new life to you. We get his spirit. We are 100% his. We're 100% heaven ready the moment we say yes to Jesus. 100%. And because then we have the Holy Spirit within us, then he can begin to change our will, begin to shift our want to, begin to, to give us the will because he's also given us the power to do it. But if you're looking on the outside and you think, you think that I've got to work and I have to earn it and I have to do all this on the outside, you have the will and the power challenges. I don't want to and I don't think I can. But as soon as we give up that thing and say, you know what, I get it, you meet me right here. Well, then the Holy Spirit comes in and then all of a sudden we go, you know what, I think I actually want to be more patient. I think I actually want to do that. And man, I feel a grace on me to be able to be more patient. See, the slave is driven by duty and the son is driven by devotion. Let's look at two ladies, two sisters, that we see this played out really tightly. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, and Jesus and his disciples were on their way. Um, he came to a village uh, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations uh, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, it's good language. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Lord, don't you care? Who's being Lord here? She said, Lord, but she's, she's the one making the demands. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. Now, this gives us a little insight a lot of times into our, our own households and the way things work sometimes. Sometimes we can find ourselves frustrated with the people we live with. Sometimes we can find ourselves frustrated with the, the intense with people under our own roof and go to God saying, Lord, if you really cared about me, you'd fix that person. <laughs> if you really cared, you'd fix them. Make them do this. I need them, in, I need her in the kitchen with me. And if you don't do it, well, you just don't even care, God. <laughs> What's she saying? That is what she's saying. And so many of us, whether we say it that bluntly or that's what's rolling around in our heart, we get in a place of tension in our relationship with God and we get in a place of tension over our relationships with one another. And we're like, God, if you love me, then the people I live with would treat me a little better. You need to fix them. You need to make them do this and you need to make them get in the kitchen. You need to make them clean up the house and you need to make them smile at me and be sweet to me. 
You need to make them do all this. And Jesus responds to her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. Now she thinks she's worried and upset about one thing. My sister is worthless. That's what she's upset about. But Jesus understood that there was something deeper at work here, that she was upset about many things. And guess who was getting the brunt of the many things? The person she lived with, her sister. That's who was getting the brunt of it. She was actually, there was a lot of stuff going on there. And Jesus said, you're upset about many things. And, but few things are needed. See, that's the problem is, is a lot of times some extra stuff we don't need to be dealing with, we end up poking our nose in, we end up freaking out about, and there's grace for what's needed. There's not grace for what's not needed. And then we get all upset about stuff that's not needed, and then that creates relational tension with people, and then we begin to make expectations out of the other people and of God and zero expectations out of ourselves. That's what's happening. And Jesus is bringing some correction there. He said, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Notice it was a choice Mary made. And Martha's like, I know what she chose. She chose to leave me in the kitchen all by myself. But sometimes we think, you know, people are just kind of, they're just kind of naturally lean towards God. I can't help myself. I can't help that I worry. I can't help that I get frustrated about these things. I can't help these things. And Jesus says, Mary chose the peace of sitting at Jesus' feet and was letting Martha, you can choose the same thing. You can choose to set aside your frustration. You can choose to set aside all of your toil over that. Your I'm already in your house. I've seen the little dirty corners, Martha. Chill out. It's cleaning a little too late. I'm here. But she won't marry it. Go, go get that shelf before he notices. Jesus knows. And he's in your home anyways. He loves you anyways. Take the time to sit at his feet. Take the time. Galatians 4, 8 through 9 says, Formerly when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. We'll end up a slave to something that's not going to be loving and not going to be benevolent. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God. I love that Paul, Holy Spirit, brings some clarity there because we can, if we'd have just stopped at the you know God, we can feel like we just need to fill our heads with a lot of information about God. But Paul, the Holy Spirit, immediately made that correction and said, or rather, are known by God. You know God, but he also knows you too. God's on your mind, but you're on his mind too. You're thinking about God, but God's thinking about you too. You need to live in a relational awareness. How is it then in this place where you know God and you're known by God that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? If you go back to that stuff that you walked out of, it'll, it'll enslave you again. It's not changed its ways. It's going to do it again. So to be able to walk free of that, we need to do quickly look at these three things. First off, we need to see God as a father. See him as a father. If we were continuously relate to him as father, then that stuff does not 
seep in near as quickly. Matthew 7 says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? As we interact with God as a father, it keeps that slave mentality from slipping back in. Then the next thing is, is we approach God through relationship, not rules. John chapter five says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You're doing the religious stuff because you think that's it, but just live in the relationship. Come to me, come to Jesus. So we acknowledge him as father. We approach him through relationship. And then we give God our whole heart. Looking back to a space that doesn't have the fullness of salvation, didn't have the Holy Spirit living within. To a passage in the old covenant of Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, and you... You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Give God your whole heart. And verse 14 says, I'll be found by you. I'll be found by you. God's not wanting to stay away. He's drawing near. He sent his son so that we could understand what it looks like to interact with God as a son. Jesus referred to as the father, as I see the father, taught his disciples to pray to the father. That's the whole point of this. And our bottom line today is that relationships change. Relationship changes the way we relate. If we'll look at God through relationship, it'll change the way we relate to God. And this begins right now in this space. It begins right here with you acknowledging and connecting with the truth of who God is and what he's accomplished. And so if I would just want to create a quiet moment we're here right now and ready to place your faith in Christ. And if that's you, ready to not try to work hard, not try to do better, start this, stop that, but just embrace God as Father. I want you to just raise your hand and we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, believers, just join your voices with these and we want to pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you love me so much that you sent Jesus. And that Jesus' life, it gives me life. And Jesus' death, it took my death. Today I am your child. Heaven's my home. You're my father. I'm your child. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 yes, yes, yes. If you can stand up, our prayer team's coming forward. If you need prayer for anything at all, they're here to pray with you, Now I'm going to pray over you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful that you have shown us the way you want to interact with us, not as servants. Lord, but as your children. And so, Lord, I thank you that just by the, the work of the Holy Spirit, that that's just sealed up 
on a deeper level in our hearts and minds. Lord, that as we interact with you, we interact with you as a good father who loves us and cares for us. And we don't let ourselves be pulled back into that place with those weak and miserable forces that, uh, of living under the oppression of trying to please you through some, uh, some sort of legalistic way, but living in the fullness of your Holy Spirit, following your leading, your instruction, your correction as we grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.